Right. There we go. So true, isn't it? In this journey of life, we collect baggage, the baggage of our own mistakes and regrets, our own inability to be what we know we should be and what we want to be. It's so easy to hide it, thinking that we can handle it. The reality is we can't. And we load ourselves down with uh, rocks of shame and we tuck away our failures and we continue on through our journey. And we add one guilt after another to the guilt that we already have. And in time, the, the burden of it all becomes more than we can bear. I know this is true because I've been there. And you might be there today. If you and I could sit down and have a conversation, you would, you would say to me, you know, Steve, life really for me has lost its joy. I've had too many times in my life when I wanted to do what, what is right and instead I did what is wrong and I find that I disappointed myself over and over again. And, and honestly, Steve, I would have to say that I've, I've, got this, I've got a huge load. I've got too many rocks, too many rocks of regrets in my life and I wish there was, there was a way that I knew that I could just get rid of it. I could lay it down. Or you might even say that You've had enough of those times in your life when you made those choices and you knew those choices were wrong and, and yet you, you still made them because your hope was that may, that might be the thing that would give you the joy and the satisfaction that you're searching for. But through the years you found that that wasn't the case, it wasn't true and, and now you're here today and you're saying, man, if there, if there was a way I could... I could get rid of that load that I'm carrying. I've got so many rocks of regret and sin in my life. I would just love to, to be, be able to lay it down and to be done with it. If that's you, I'm so glad you're here this morning. Because that's what the message of Easter is all about. It points us to God's mercy. It gives us the freedom to be able to lay down without any fear of rejection. Be able to lay down all those those rocks of regret and sin and shame that come with them, be able to lay all of that down at the foot of the cross, and we never have to fear in doing that, that we're going to be rejected by God. I, um, I am so grateful for the truth that as I look back on my own life, and I've been able to experience the truth that when we walk in God's mercy, we're free. We're free of those rocks of regret and sin and the shame that come with them. We're able to understand that we can experience in our life the freedom of God's love through his son, Jesus Christ. And we're able to know that God wants us to be able to experience everything that's possible through what his son did when his son came to this earth to be our savior. So I'm really grateful this time with you this morning. And all week long, it's been my prayer that as you look back on this time today, that in these next few minutes and this whole morning, you would say, you know what, Steve, it's worth every minute. That's been my prayer. That's been my hope. And what I'd like to do is unpack with you one statement, really one verse in Scripture that points us to the power of God, the, the power of God that makes it possible for us to walk in God's mercy. It's a statement that Paul made in the book of Romans, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to talk it through with you, but before I do, I just want to give you a heads up, because at first, 
When I first read it, you might think to yourself, man, what does this have to do with me? I mean, Paul, Paul has, has all this feeling about this verse. It meant so much to him, but what difference can it make in my life? And so if that's your first impression when I read this verse, I'm just going to ask you to hang in there with me because I believe it's going to be worth it because what Paul has, is saying in this verse has the potential to give your life uh, the greatest joy, the greatest peace, and greatest purpose that any one of us could have. So here's what Paul, what Paul wrote. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. I'm convinced that Paul wrote this with a flood of emotion because of what he knew to be true of his own life. If there was anyone who had baggage, Paul's load was, uh, of sin was about as, as large, as big as it gets, as heavy as it gets, and Paul knew the, the reality of God's mercy in his life as well as anybody could possibly know it. You see, while it's true that Paul began his letter to the Romans by describing himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. There, there was a day in Paul's life when he would have said that he was an enemy of Christ, and not only an enemy of Jesus Christ, but an enemy of every single person who followed him. And Paul would, say it with a, would have said it with a great deal of pride. In, in a certain way, he would, have, he would have worn it as a badge of honor in his own life. See, truth be known, Paul at one point in his life was leading the charge to destroy the church. And he was doing everything he could within his own power to, to put to death as many followers of Jesus Christ. To capture them and imprison them and put them to death. And so looking back, Paul would say that the bag that he was carrying, the rocks he was, he was carrying, was as heavy as it could be. Rocks of anger and rocks of... Rocks of hate and rocks of murder. But if you were to ask him, Paul would say that there was a rock that was another rock that was big, as big as any one of those rocks. And, and that was the rock of his own pride. The pride in himself. Pride in, pride in who he was and pride in what he had been doing. Because Paul was, he was prou proud of his position and power as a religious leader of Israel. And he was proud of his reputation as someone who was dedicated to keeping the Old Testament law. If Paul was standing up here with me today, Paul would say that he was as self-righteous and full of himself as any person could possibly be. And looking back, he'd say that his righteousness was really nothing more than a, than a list of man-made rules of, of what a person should do and shouldn't do. And, and he would say that he had his own version of right and wrong. And None of it had anything to do with loving God or anything to do with loving people. It really had nothing to do with what really mattered the most to, to God. And so now, no doubt, if anybody had reason for shame, Paul had reason for shame. And so I can't help but thinking as he wrote that 16th verse where he said, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. When he wrote that word, everyone, Paul, when he wrote it, must have written it just being amazed that he was included. Knowing everything that he had done that was so wrong, that was so evil, knowing that his own pile of rocks was so large. So what changed Paul? 
What changed him from being a man who hated Jesus Christ to someone who devoted the rest of his life telling other people the good news of of, of God's love through Jesus Christ? What what would change Paul so that he became a servant of Christ? What, What would... And what would cause him to make a statement like what he did in that first chapter of Romans? Only one thing, only one thing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it, Paul saw Christ crucified. He he saw him on a Roman cross. He he saw him taken down from that cross. He knew he was buried. And, And so there was no question in Paul's mind that Jesus Christ was dead. And I'm convinced that Paul walked away from that cross thinking to himself, finally, finally we're done with that liar. See, there's only one thing, one thing that would change a man who saw, that would change Paul, and it was that he saw Jesus die, and, 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 and he saw him resurrected, and so he knew that what Jesus Christ claimed about himself was true. He was faced with the truth of Christ's resurrection. He saw Jesus Christ himself. And that's what changed Paul's view of, of Jesus Christ from a liar and deceiver to the, to the Son of God and to his Savior and to Lord of his life. It, it's what changed how he viewed himself from a proud persecutor of the church to someone who would give the rest of his life to telling others the good news of God's love. So it's why he wrote what he did in the 16th verse where he said, again, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So let's unpack this. Begin by saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of God's grace through Jesus Christ. It's God's love in in sending his son to this earth to be our savior. And so Paul's saying, not the power of you, not the power of me, but the power of God in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, everybody, the gospel is is not good news. It's not good advice telling us what it is that you and I must do to earn God's forgiveness. The The gospel is good news telling each one of us what's already been done for us so that we can receive God's forgiveness and eternal life and salvation. It's a difference between these two words. It's a difference between, between do and done. Religion is all about do, what you and I do so that we can somehow earn God's forgiveness by, by in our own attempt, trying to live a life that's good enough so that we'll think God will, will accept us into heaven to spend eternity with him. Whereas Christianity is done Christianity is what Jesus Christ has already done for us when he died on the cross for each one of us, making it possible for us to receive God's forgiveness and eternal life. Which brings us to the word salvation. So again, Paul wrote, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. If I... You've been at Brookside long enough. Uh, you would know that I'm, I'm really into the universe. I just love it. Every new discovery, every, every planet, every, every part of it, uh, just, it just blows me away. I'm always watching for something new. And just this last week, I, I, I've, I've, I found out a new deal that the scientists are now discovering that's possible. 
You know, just like we all know today that, that, that the galaxy we're in is not the only one. Our solar system is not the only solar system. What scientists now think is possible is that there's not just one universe, but that there's multiple universes independent of each other. And when, when I saw that, I heard them speak about that, I thought to myself, wow, it's just, that takes the whole thing to another level of understanding the power of God. It helps us understand better when we talk about God having infinite power to think that there could be multiple universes. But you know what? That doesn't come close to the power of God and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what it means for each one of us. Here's what this is all about. The, the salvation that is ours and the power of God through the death and res, res, resurrection of Jesus Christ is, is more than us just being forgiven by God. And forgiveness is a wonderful thing. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm so thankful for God's forgiveness. But forgiveness is not the sum total of what salvation is. In fact, it's way less than what's being promised here. It's, it's why you and I can be free of every rock of sin and regret that, and all the shame that that brings to us. It, it's, it, it's, it, and, it, and there's a great verse in Scripture that makes this absolutely crystal clear to us. It's this statement from 2 Corinthians in the 5th chapter. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what does that mean? When Jesus died on the cross, what does it mean that when it says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us? Well, it doesn't mean that God made Jesus sinful. It doesn't mean that God put sin in his heart that he, so that he became as sinful as each one of us. It means that he was treated as my sin, your sin deserve. It means that he took God's judgment for your sin and my sin on himself. Boy, not for one minute. Not for one minute should we underestimate the power of Jesus Christ in doing this for us. I mean, think of the strength that it would take for you to, to take the punishment of somebody else for the wrong that they did. Not the wrong that you did, but you took, you took the punishment they deserved on yourself. Think of, the, think of what it would take for you to do that. Jesus Christ did this for the sin of every person who ever lived. All of my sin, all of your sin, the sin of all of us, the, the sin of millions upon millions of people since, since the first person walked on this earth. That's what the first half of that verse is all about when, it's, when it tells us that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Now the second half, and the second half is truly amazing. It removes every reason that you and I have for any shame in our life. The writer said this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does this mean? It can't mean that when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior that you automatically become perfectly righteous any more than it means that Jesus Christ became sinful on the cross what it means is that you and I are covered with his righteousness, his perfect obedience to the will of God. Let me, 
let me explain it this way. This winter, Becky and I really enjoyed watching the Olympics, and I think I was most impressed by what the skiers are able to do, and probably because I can't do any of it. And the, the only thing I could do at any one of those skiers do is fall, and they did that rarely, right? What's true for me with skiing is true for me in living a sinless life. I fall and I, I've sinned over and over again. I, I can tell you, I have not every single day, every minute stayed on my feet spiritually. And so this morning, if I told you that I've decided that from this moment on, from this moment on, I'm never going to sin again. I'm not going to do another thing that's wrong. And, and, and I made that commitment to you today. And, and, and then I said, you know what? You can come back next Sunday and you can ask me how I did this week, if this whole next week, whether or not there was any, any point at any time this, this week that I sinned. What do you think you'd find? Yeah, I sin more than once. In fact, I would say that the first or second or third time, uh, you know, I, I, as I first run really on, on that spiritual slope, I, I, I blew it. I sinned. Here's what happened to me when I put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior. This is what I count on, everybody. He put his righteousness on me. It's perfect righteousness. So that when God looks at Steve Maltemeyer, he doesn't see me in my failures. He, he sees me covered in the righteousness of his son. It's like Ted Ligerty, and who won a gold medal in the giant slalom. If, it, it would be like him giving me his gold medal. And from that point on, everyone seeing me as someone that did everything that he did. Or since there's a lot of basketball going on right now, it'd be like Doug McDermott giving me all of the awards that he's gotten in this past year for how he's played basketball. And, and from that point, everybody looking at me and saying, thinking, Steve Baltimore could do everything, can do everything Doug McDermott's done. He's done it all. He's done it all. You know. But you know what? It's infinitely better. Because the one looking at me is God himself. And, and the minute I believed in Jesus Christ and I asked God to accept me because of what Christ did for me on the cross, the very minute my, son, my sins were put on Jesus Christ and his righteousness was put on me, God began to delight in me as much as he will delight in me a million years into eternity. Friend, I can tell you this morning that what's true for me can be true for you if you put your trust in Christ's death for your sin. It really is possible for God to delight in you now as much as he would delight in you a million years into eternity. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely incredible. Truly the power of God. Which is why you can bring every rock of sin and shame in your life and you can put it at the foot of the cross and you can leave it there you can always do this every day of your life every minute of every day you can walk in the mercy of God and when you do you're free from from that load of shame and and guilt and sin in your life and there's nothing that can bring you down there's nothing that can slow you down and there's nothing that can hold you down. One of the things that I absolutely love about the book of Romans 
is how Paul is so real, so transparent in the seventh chapter. He writes this brilliant defense, this brilliant explanation of the Christian faith and in the first six chapters. And, and then in the seventh chapter, he gets real about his own struggle with sin. And he shows how he needs Jesus Christ as much as anybody does. In his own words, he said, I know that there's nothing good that lives in me, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry out, carry it out. For what I do is not the good that I want to do. That, he said, no, the, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep doing. And then he said, what a wretched man I am. Who's going to rescue me from this body of death? And then he answers his question. He goes back to everything that he wrote in the first six chapters and what he's going to begin writing about in the eighth chapter. And he said, he said, the answer, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying, I look at my life and I had these rocks of sin and shame and guilt that I was carrying. And when I first trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior, I, I took all of those rocks and I laid them down at the foot of the cross and I trusted in what Christ did for me on the cross. But then he's saying, you know what I can do? I can still pick those rocks up. Man, I can, I can pick those rocks up and I can live them out like I did before, that same sin in my life. In fact, he said, man, I can pick up new rocks, whole different rocks. And so my answer is to keep going back to the foot of the cross, keep depending on what Jesus Christ did for me, confess that sin in my life, and trust in what Christ did for me, and I can let go of all of that shame again and again. Which is why he writes this at the beginning of the 8th chapter, and I can't wait until next Sunday when we, we spend four weeks in that eighth chapter, and he begins with this statement, so wonderful. He said, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Friend, trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and there will never be a moment in your life when you need to hide any rock of sin or shame and the shame that goes with it from God, because you know why? There's no condemnation. Never. God is, God's promise to you, to you and me, is that God will, God will never get down on us. The thought of condemning us will never cross God's mind. Every minute of every day, you and I can walk in the mercy of God and the freedom that this gives us from any load of shame and guilt.